Hey, uh, just a quick thank you to the people uh, commenting on my uh, report of the uh, September CT scan on my neck. I put it up there because you guys are smart, okay? And I basically am asking people like you, especially if you've been through some neck issues, what to ask the doctor. You know, and I'm going to use some of your questions at my appointment on Tuesday so I make the best of the appointment. I'm, gonna, I'm getting a lot of good information from you guys. And I'll also, uh, as I said, run it by uh, the physicians that I know. I'm really lucky. I know a lot of uh, physicians and uh, have their cell phone numbers, and I can bother them at any hour, night, or day. Uh, true story. When my retina detached, I had three friends who are eye doctors, ophthalmologists. So <laughs> it was like, okay, cool. Anyway, how's it going? Hope you had a good day. Hey, real quickly, before I reintroduce the topic that we're getting into, I um, just want to reiterate something I talked about at the beginning of this very program. Um, synchronicity. Yes, the police, the 1980s. Synchronicity. Yesterday, we spent some time talking about cell phones and cheating and whether or not you allow your partner free access to your cell phone, Okay. And we went back and forth because, as I told you yesterday at this time, there are two schools of thought. Number one is if your partner locks the cell phone, there's something going on they don't want you to know about. The other school of thought is um, you have no right whatsoever to want to snoop in your partner's cell phone. And we heard from both sides yesterday. And it was really a fascinating discussion. But here's where it gets really freaky. I'm driving home yesterday. And I like to listen to comics, comedians, on the way home. And there was a woman, and the bit was called Women Go Crazy in Relationships. And I wish I could remember her name. But she told this story about snooping through her boyfriend's phone and not telling him immediately things that she had discovered about which she was concerned, but letting it build up into a volcanic rage. And during their next argument, she would just spew everything that she found on his cell phone that bothered her in the course of an argument. It was, it was kind of a funny bit. And I laughed. And I, basically, I laughed at the bit. And I also laughed at the fact, we have just talked about this on my show. But it gets even better. I get home last night. And... Uh, I like to have stuff on when I'm getting myself together to go out. So I have heard Big J Okerson's bits, and I wanted to hear more of Big J Okerson. So I picked the 15-minute Big J Okerson video, and what do you know? He starts out by doing a bit about a cell phone and how he was cheating on two girlfriends with his cell phone and the uh, it, it, when he was sleeping like a cherub, as he put it, his main girlfriend noticed that his phone kept vibrating. He kept it in his pillowcase, but she dug it out of the pillowcase and saw the number that was calling. So she called the number that was calling and said, hi, who's this? And the woman on the other end of the phone said, I'm Jay Okerson's girlfriend. And his full-time girlfriend said, well, wait, that's funny because I'm Jay Okerson's girlfriend. And as Jay Okerson tells the story, his girlfriend and his side girlfriend talked for an hour about him, an hour. And he woke up because um, his 
main girlfriend was in law school at the time and hit him in the face with the law book. Now, I don't, I don't condone any kind of domestic violence, but uh, the punchline to that was a lot of torts is what he said. Must have been the civil thing. So anyway, uh, oh, it gets, it gets better. It gets better. Um, there were naked pictures that Big J. Okerson had allowed to be taken of him by his secondary girlfriend. He goes to South Africa to do a tour, a, a comedic tour in South Africa. He checks in with his messages and he finds out <laughs> he finds out that the women had put his a, an ad for him along with the naked pictures of him on Craigslist back when there was the whole the part of Craigslist where you could hook up with people. Uh, and they put it under the men looking for men thing. So the first call, he checks his voicemail from South Africa. First call he gets is from a friend of his from the East Village who says, hey, Jay, um, I just want, and he was a gay man, and he said, I, I, I didn't know you were into this, and I'm guessing you're not into this. I'm going to flag it for you. Meantime, he's got 18 other messages from dudes wanting to blank him. <laughs> calling him bear and everything. So the cell phone thing, it was just the strangest thing for me, having done the show as the host and then hearing the female comedian doing the bit and then Big J Okerson doing his bit, I felt like I was in this sea of synchronicity. It was weird, totally weird. Really weird, man, just weird. But anyway, uh, welcome to the program today. Um, had a couple of things here that uh, I would like to talk about. I want to continue the hunting thing because uh, you guys are obviously um, interested in the topic. Uh, a couple of uh, subspecialty questions as we talk about, are you a hunter? That's basically been the theme. Are you a hunter? Why do you hunt? Is it the thrill of the chase? Is it the sport? Is it to feed your family? Now, we had a caller suggesting that people who say hunting uh, saves them money on their grocery bills. That's not true. That didn't sound right to me when I heard it, even though myself, I am not a hunter, because it seems to me that you purchase your firearm or your crossbow or your bow and arrow, whatever your sport happens to be, um, that's a one-time or infrequent expense. Obviously, you have to get ammunition or arrows, as the case may be. Uh, you get a freezer. That's a one-time expense. And the cost of processing a deer, I'm told, is about $100. Now, when you go to the meat counter at the supermarket tomorrow, look at the prices of that meat and tell me that an investment in hunting, oh, a $25 uh, license you have to do, but tell me that you aren't actually saving money by hunting. I totally, completely believe that you can save a lot of money by hunting if that is your thing. Again, look at the cost of meat. Look at the inflation for meat products. So uh, I'm, I'm just saying, it's I, I happen to believe that saving money by hunting is a real thing. One of the other issues that has come up is um, kids and hunting. And some people have called in and they've said they've got a real uh, issue because no young people or very few young people are going into the woods to hunt. And I'm wondering if that is anywhere close to being accurate. 
if you're in your 20s or early 30s and you can't wait until the first day of shotgun season every year, uh, I would like you to dispel this misinformation, if in fact it is misinformation. Because, you see, on the other side of the glass from me right now is a young man, very affable young man, with chiseled Hollywood good looks. His name is Josh Schmidt, and he is the technical producer of this show. And he was born in the country, and he lives in the country. And manure streams through his veins on a minute-by-minute basis. And he's in his early 20s. Doesn't look a day over 23. But he is in his early 20s. And hunting is a big part of your life. Your, your face lit up when we started talking about it before, Josh. Oh, yeah. I've been excited for uh, this hunting season for a while now. Um, I'm like I, Like you've been saying, I have done this for as long as I legally can. Like, I mean, you know, you have to start at a certain age, but, um, uh, you know, I've squirrel hunted, rabbit hunted deer. I've tried Turkey. I don't really like it because turkeys are, that's, that's kind of a hard sport or a hard, uh, game to hunt is turkeys. They have incredible eyesight. They're terrible on hearing and smelling, but they have incredible eyesight. If you're 60 yards away and you scratch your nose, they're gone. And it's, it's so frustrating. And you have to get out there at like 4.30 in the morning before they come down out of their roosts, out of the trees. It's, I, I just, I hate it. You know, Josh, I must interject that during the pandemic in the village of Williamsville, I literally tracked a wild turkey for about a mile. It was great sport. I've got pictures of it somewhere. I don't think the turkey ever saw me, but the turkey was just walking its merry way around Williamsville because nobody was out because it was the height of the pandemic. So I don't know. If that particular turkey perhaps uh, had a detached uh, turkey retina, <laughs> maybe it uh, maybe it was your your stalking skills. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've got some callers who do that. Uh, so oh, so anyway, uh, keep keep going with the your, your turkey squirrels. Well, deer. yeah. So I mean, my 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 favorite is has been deer. I mean, it's it's kind of the premier. Everyone around here does it. Um, I go with my friends. I go with my dad. That was like how I started doing it. I would. Uh, as soon as I was old enough, I'd go out and sit in the stand with him. At first, you know, I, I just wanted to be out there, and I would sit there with him. We have this little ground blind that he built. <laughs> Funny enough, it was he built it out of wood that we had left over from our deck when they built our house. So he that thing's been there for almost 25 years. He built wow. it when they built the house, and it's. I mean, we've been done improvements to it, but it's this nice little shack. You can fit two people in it with all of our gear and stuff. And I'd go out there and I'd sit with him. Obviously, I couldn't have a gun because I wasn't old enough. So I'd just sit and watch. And then once I was old enough, we go out together. And that's tradition. Every single year, opening day, we go out together. Um, whoever shot the first deer the year before gets the second shot that year. So the two, because the two of us are there. So if I shoot, if I like, I shot the first deer last year. So if we're there and a deer, one deer walks up, he gets the first shot this year. And then it goes and goes and goes. So it's just kind of our little thing. Um, you talked about seeing weird things while you're out hunting. The one year we're sitting there and a doe comes up and it's his year. So he, sh- he's getting ready to shoot it. And a buck comes up behind the doe. Oh no. And I can think, I think you can see where this is going. I'm looking at the buck. He's looking at the doe. We're both, we're, you know, we're going to do the count of three, one, two, three. We both shoot and hopefully we both hit the deer. And all of a sudden I'm like, wait, the buck's moving. And he comes up behind the doe and well, let's just say he, I, I couldn't. I couldn't kill him with what he was doing. I didn't want to 
be that guy. So, I, I applaud <laughs> you for that. I applaud yeah, so you. So we we just kind of sat there. We tried not to laugh. And we were just kind of waiting to see if they were going to do anything else. The, the dough was not having it. What, she like was, go to breakfast the next morning or what? <laughs> well, so we were basically waiting to see if they were going to separate and then take our shots. But the dough actually ran off. The buck followed her. And another one, my dad's watching them run off. And another one comes up, another buck. He, they must have been fighting or something. And I, my dad wasn't ready, so I got the shot at that one. And it was my first year that year, so... Not my first year ever, but my first year of that season. So that was nice. But wow! It was that. That's my most interesting hunting story. That I, think. It, it, I I don't think that's uncommon based on what people have been saying about the in rut, which is a f- fancy way of saying flagrante delicto, um, which means humping. Okay, so hunting be what we are talking about today, um, and that is something that has come up the the funny things you have seen hunting the different things you've seen hunting like uh porcupines in trees i've never seen a porcupine in the wild i really it's one of those things i want to see but i probably never will seen coyotes in the wild told you that story before but getting back to it um you know, the the people who are opposed to hunting. Now, we have not had a single person calling in today who was opposed to hunting. Not one. And I think to be opposed to hunting, you, you would better be a full-blown vegan because the only difference between a hunter and a meat eater who doesn't hunt is the hunter is doing the work him or herself. And you are like, I am, you hire hitmen to do it for you. I mean, if there was a most wanted person in the world of chicken, it would be me. Um, I eat way too much chicken. But like I say, unfortunately, I mean, see, venison, venison is something um, I, I would be willing to try. However, it is considered a red meat, and I need to avoid red meat. Um, unfortunately, it's just, it's one of those things. Um, you know, as you, as you get older, your uh, body tells you that there are some things you simply, uh, must avoid or keep to an absolute minimum. And unfortunately, if, if, uh, if gout is your thing, that's, uh, comes with the territory. There's worse things in life, believe me. But anyway, uh, the phone number to call, this is not a good time to call because you'll be on hold for a while. But if you don't mind being on hold, that's all cool. And if you want to get in at 535, I'm sure I can get to you before the end of the show if you are a hunter. And the other thing, too, is what do you use to hunt? Do you use a crossbow, a regular bow and arrow, a muzzle loader, shotgun, bazooka, flamethrower? What do you use uh, to hunt? Um, and... How much money? I mean, there's something interesting. How much money would you say you save if you bag a deer on your grocery bills? And I, again, I would challenge somebody to go to your local grocery store this weekend and walk up and down the meat aisle and see what the prices of meat have become. I mean, they've become really uh, out of the uh, out of the ordinary. The the price of meat. So. If you can save a few hundred dollars every year, that's a few hundred dollars more for you and less for uh, the grocery store. And uh, it just it seems to me like it would be a very cost effective thing is the point I'm trying to make. Uh, 803-0930 is the phone number, star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. Selling a little 
or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast so uh this has been a big hit uh you can thank tim wenger for reminding me that it was in my bag of tricks i really do have a bag uh, josh sees my bag <laughs> sees my uh my man purse, uh, it's a satchel. It's a satchel. He sees my satchel every single day. And in that satchel, I've got a whole bunch of uh, topics, like I always tell you. And uh, the hunting thing has just taken off, and thank you for your interest. Do you hunt? How long have you hunted? Was it a family thing? Are there any young hunters listening to the show? Because there's a lot of concern that there aren't any young hunters. Now, we had one call from a woman hunter. I'm surprised we haven't had more calls from women hunters. I know you're out there, ladies. And there's nothing sexier than a woman with a gun. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Let's get right to the calls. Dan in Pembroke. You're on WBEN. Hello. Yes, this is Dan in Pembroke. Yes, sir. Uh, I've been hunting since I was 14. I'm 60 years old now. Uh, you made a comment about, uh, you, know, you made a question about whether or not uh, hunting deer was um, saving you money. Yes. Uh, it is not. It is not. Because uh, if you go golfing, it's about the same cost. You spend the same amount of money on equipment. You spend the same amount of time driving back and forth. I mean, I've hunted. I drive to a cabin that's uh, an hour and a half away. And it's a lot. Every weekend, I might get one, maybe two deer. That's two deer is 100 pounds of meat in your freezer. That's it. And the money you spend to get that meat. And, you know, if you don't cut it yourself, if you do everything like I do, uh, you're still not saving any money. It's still expensive. It's a lot cheaper to go to the supermarket and just buy meat. But you know what? Um, if I go golfing, I don't bring anything home to eat. So uh, like sure you money. do. Uh, the regret of four hours wasted on a golf course. <laughs> That's what you bring home from that. Uh, but see, uh, what yeah. I'm finding, Dan and Pembroke, what I'm finding interesting is, okay, I don't hunt, all right? But you guys who are hunters have called in, and I've got now obviously two different sides to the story. One side is hunting is cost-effective for all the reasons I stated during the previous part of the show. And the other, people like you who say add everything up, 
and the meat you get per deer, it is not cost effective. So I don't know what to believe. Yeah. Well, you'll have to wait till we all weigh in. But um, I cut my own deer. I butcher my own. It's $75 to cut a deer up, you know, if you take it somewhere. Yeah, that's so we're getting that the price the of – actually, the price we've been going with is about 100 bucks. That's the first one yeah. that uh, called yeah. in. But you, you do your own butchering. Yes. So you're saving money right there. Yeah, I've never done it any other way, and I wouldn't eat a butchered deer by somebody else. Why is that? Because all the garbage goes in the garbage can when I'm butchering the deer. I'm not eating it. And there's a lot of garbage in deer. I mean, when I cut a deer up, it's uh, boned out. There's no fat. It lasts for years in the freezer because of the way I package it. And I've seen people bring deer meat over to a, a family picnic, and we cook it on the grill, and it stinks, and it looks awful, and yeah. it's got hair on it. And, oh! You know, uh, you know I, I do a good job, and that's the only way I'll eat it. So, that's you know, if you go fishing, you don't hand your fish to somebody to clean it. You clean it yourself, right? Um, I actually don't fish. Um, if I did, I'd just throw it back into the water. <laughs> Uh, that's I, I'm a little weird, man. What can I say? Um, so okay, this so how did you learn how to butcher a deer? Because butchering didn't we have a call about two months ago from somebody who said butchering is a lost art and people should know how to butcher? Yeah, we did. Josh has verified that. Um, how did you learn, Dan? Well, um, it, I'll try to make this short. Uh, my grandfather butchered his own deer. He did it his way. I thought it was a little uh, hard to do uh, in, in his method. I rented a dozen videos from a local sports uh, sportsman's shop in Clarence. I watched them all. I found the best one, and I've been doing it using that method ever since. And you don't use a saw; you just use a knife. You bone the you bone it all out. You throw all the garbage in the garbage can because nobody wants to eat fat and grizzle and glands and and all that stuff that's in deer you just cut if you take it to a processor they're done with that deer in an hour it takes me eight hours from skinning to cleaning the meat grinder so you know i'm getting the best meat out of that deer and uh i I just wouldn't have it any other way um very interesting now do you uh do you do you uh uh, mount the uh, heads for your family room only once i've never really I'm I'm rather picky about uh, the recipes. I don't have a recipe for antlers, so whatever during archery season, whatever's brown goes down. So. <laughs> no recipe for antlers. <laughs> uh, that's uh, actually quite humorous. Um, very funny. Very fun. No recipes for hooves either. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure hooves are not good eating. No, no, no. I mean, pig, some people eat pig's knuckles, but you know that's that's not a deer thing. No, there are just some things that even if even hearing the expression totally grosses me out. My grandmother from Germany used to eat brain, and thank oh, God yeah. I never saw it. But I I just can't imagine. I'm a very yeah, no I I'm a very I draw the line funky. at guts. I won't eat kidneys and lungs and all that organ stuff. meats. I, I, liver is it, and it's got to be you know a, a young deer before I even think about it. Ooh, unless you're Kevin Costner and dances with wolves and they hand it to you to take a fresh bite out of it. Well, it was actually know, jello, had, by the way. I got fooled into drinking some blood from my first kill when I was a little kid, but, you know, 
Oh, who did that? Your your dad? Oh yeah. Oh man, that's you know, that was you know a long time ago. I like I said, I'm 60 years old, so you know they pulled that crap on us young hunters, you know, to to, to make, build character. And years of does. therapy, man. Years of therapy <laughs> after that. All right, uh, look, I thank you very much. I appreciate the call, uh, Dan. Thank you. And I would bet, and I haven't had a chance to look. Um, I bet there's a million videos on YouTube that you can watch on how to butcher a deer. Unfortunately, some people are better than others at making videos for YouTube. I know this from trying to learn songs on guitar on YouTube. Some guys are just awful, and others are really super, super good. Like Marty, Marty's music. He does a great job. I really like him. And Marty Schwartz is it. Uh, let's get back to the calls on WBEN here. Here is uh, TC in Canada. TC, you're on WBEN. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So um, I didn't grow up in a family that hunted. They were primarily uh, uh, fishermen. And uh, when I was in my 30s, uh, I just got this inclination that I wanted to try shooting a bow and arrow. So I picked up my first bow and arrow, and then the rest was history. I started off small hunting some turkey, and then I graduated to deer and eventually bear. But the thing is with the, uh, the bow hunting, I'm mainly a bow hunter, and the thing with bow hunting is it's all about getting close to your quarry, right? Well, bow hunting is a, is a close quarters game. So uh, the thrill of having an animal super close to you is exhilarating. And to have the skill and the patience to, 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 to be able to have your quarry uh, get so close to you, uh, sometimes close enough where you can smell what they had for lunch, it's exhilarating. Uh, being in the woods is a uh, good medicine, and um, and and hunters, uh, uh, you don't necessarily have to go in the woods and and kill an animal to be a hunter. You can just be a hunter and go in the woods and just sit still and let the and, and let everything just unfold in front of you. It's amazing what you'll see in the woods when you're just sitting there for hours on end, sitting there still and being quiet. Now it takes a lot of skill. It takes a lot of patience to be a hunter. Um, you you. It, 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 it builds skills and um, and, and and knowledge of being in the woods. You identify the uh, the trees, the flowers, the shrubs, poison everything ivy, everything that the everything that the the, the deer eat, uh, how they go about uh, animal bi biology, animal behavior. It, it's exhilarating what a hunter can learn from uh, this sport. And uh, I couldn't imagine my life. Uh, without being a hunter right now. Uh, you, you speak with uh, an incredible amount of passion about this. Now, I know that somebody out there is listening saying, well, why can't he just go in the woods and enjoy the beauty of nature and being that close to an animal that he can smell its breath without killing it? Well, the thing is, with the, with the meat, going with the, with the harvest, once you harvest an animal, there's a lot of pride. A lot, a lot of hunters take pride in um, providing themselves with good nourishment. Like uh, wild game is, is, is excellent in nutrition. It's, uh, it's low in fat. It's high in protein. And um, there's something to be said about uh, having the skills to provide for yourself and, and, and that's what, uh, like, good hunters, uh, that's what they can accomplish over the years uh, when they hone their skills. Well, amen um, to that. If there's a zombie apocalypse, I'm screwed. 
because I wouldn't and, know. And again, like there's so much pride. Like I take so much pride in, in, in putting wild game in, in my freezer and, and, and sharing it with my family and friends. Um, it, you know, uh, how you uh, care for the animal once it's down to the minute it gets into your freezer to the minute it gets on your table. That's all up to you. So if you take great pride in that, all your dishes should be should be just fantastic tasting. And a lot of people say, oh, oh, the, the, I had some of this or I had tasted some of that and it was gamey. Well, you know what? Yeah, there is a level of gaminess because it is a wild animal. And I and I find that, uh, you know, over the decades and our palates have just become so bland with the domesticated food that we eat so often. So you do kind of want a little bit of wildness to your, to your, to your, to your recipes or to, to whatever you're eating because you're eating in a wild animal and it should, it should have a different taste. It shouldn't taste bland and have no taste. Well, right? people, again, people like what they're used to. That's why people go to the same ice cream stand all the time, the same fish yeah. fry place all the time. It's all in what you're used to. There's a big attraction to that. Um, I, I just have a couple of quick questions. The first one is really stupid, almost as stupid as the time I said, well, it's opening day of deer season and there's snow on the ground. The hunters aren't going to like that. Boy, did I hear about that one. Josh is laughing in the next room. Of course they want snow. It makes it easier to track their quarry. Duh. But, okay, let's just say you're in the woods and you shoot an arrow at the bear and you do not get a fatal shot and the bear is very upset with you. How quickly can you reload and get off another shot? Have you ever been worried? No, I have never been worried. Uh, I mainly hunt from a tree stand, so I'll be up in the air anywhere from 15 feet uh, or 18 feet up in the air. So, and with a bow and arrow, with with archery equipment, it's so quiet. It's not like a gunshot. So when you hit an animal, a lot of times the animal doesn't even know what just happened. And 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 the arrow, for the most part, if it's a good shot, it, it zips right through the animal, and the animal doesn't. The animal might even jump up in the air and, and not even know what just happened, right? And then, and if it's a good shot, you wait a few minutes, and then the animal pretty much expires right in front of you. But if it's a bad hit, whether it's on a bear or a deer, right? Then then you need to have the skills and the experience to try to your, try your best to recover that animal, right? It, it, it's it you you owe it to the animal to try to recover that animal. Yeah, and put it put it out of its misery. That. Question question number two, you get a bear. How do you get it out of the woods? Well, right now we just we break it down in the woods. So, and, okay. and that's another thing. Like you, you, uh, a lot of guys were talking about the butchering and that, and that's another great skill that you learn as a hunter. Like when I first started hunting deer, I had a butcher come in. He was doing it on the side. He'd come right to my house. He'd butcher the deer in my garage and whatnot. But I would stand and watch him, and it cost me about a hundred bucks Canadian to have the butcher come to my house, but he would come right to my house, right? And he was very professional and he wrapped everything and labeled everything. But over time, I'm like, geez, that's something I want to learn to do. And I want to do myself because there's nothing better than to have the skills to break an animal down, to learn the anatomy of an animal, to know what to cut, what cuts they are, like, like um, roasts and steaks and chops and ground and all that stuff, right? So there's, that's another, like, 
aspect of hunting where where hunters are very proud in what they do and 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 that goes for uh, butchering the animal uh yourself i i find over the years uh thank goodness i'm good with a knife right it's just it's all these skills as a hunter you develop skills over over the years right you hone your skills and it's like family traditions or, or going way back when when people really had to do this in order to stay alive it's almost like an, a lost art in, in 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 a sense but all the hunters i've met over the years and i didn't grow up in a hunting family but i've surrounded myself with with all types of hunters and they are the salt of the earth and they're fantastic people and they have the best stories around a campfire tc I, I got again, a, i got a book i got a book and get to some other people who've been on hold but i just want to make a suggestion to you you need to do your own videos and put them up on YouTube. You are good. One more thing. I just want to say one more thing. Bear is delicious. Bear meat is delicious. Okay? It really is. It's how you, it's how you prepare it. It's how you look after it. You make bear pepperettes. They're to die for bear pepperettes. Bear sausage. Ground bear is fantastic. And you put the, ro- the roasts in a slow cooker and you cook them for six to eight hours low and slow it's to die for it's amazing hunting is fabulous and don't forget that our hunting that all our fees our tags our licenses and everything they all that money goes back into wildlife protection research and management all right dude i I really i really i really need to go uh but i thank you very much for the call and you you really should do your own videos because you're super good uh let's go back to the calls and it is John in Lawton's. John, you are on WBEN. Go right ahead. Hey, I've been listening to your show uh, all all day long, pretty much working in the barn. My sympathies. Knows me quite well, you know. <laughs> oh, you're Josh's and, dad. Uh, yeah, well, kind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Well, I wouldn't uh, disown I, him. He's a fine young man. Oh, I, I gotta hope he's doing a terrific job. He, he's uh, awesome. In the long run right now going on with everything, how you're looking at the costs and everything like that, I always said you can't put a cost in your recreation. You know, some people hunt, some people fish, some people go to Cancun, some people go, you know, they go watch football or whatever, you know. But at the same time, we've been blessed in my family with uh, um, an actual five or six generations of hunting. My great-great-great-uncles used to hunt on the river when it was ducks and the geese. My dad used to hunt uh, uh, with them, and they... I still use that shotgun today, and uh, I actually took a turkey with it a couple years back. But uh, the biggest thing that people don't realize is the cost of what you consider your overall recreation fun. If you can't put you put a price on your recreation, in the long run, you're never going to do it. And the way I look at it, we were blessed because of the fact that we got had a 110-acre farm. We had, uh, I have 12 acres myself, surrounded by about five or 600 others. And Josh will tell you that uh, we've been, uh, I've been hunting since I've been 12 years old. That's 50 years. And I've never missed an opening day. I went, I was a volunteer fireman, volunteer fire chief. We actually got called out for a structure fire one day on opening day, and we still made it out to our stands at uh, six o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's a, it's a passion that you got to, uh, people don't realize is there. It's a big thing in Western New York, especially because of traditions that go on. And I mean, I, I probably have never taken more than two shots at a deer in my entire life. I don't hunt with a shotgun. Josh has been very blessed with me. He's got every year he gets one shot kills with a shotgun. And he used to be like about 
three foot, four foot tall. Now, you know, you can see how much he is. He's six foot two. But uh, I don't need anything to drag the deer out of the woods because I got him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's a strong uh, lad. Yeah, he with the junior hunts, they're promoting hunting. Uh, they get the this last weekend was junior hunt. My nieces, Josh can tell you that he shot a nice deer on opening uh, junior hunt day. Um, it's a it's a tradition in New in Western New York that it has to is is kind of overlooked because of the fact that you own a shotgun, you buy a shotgun. Okay, it's five six hundred dollars. Some are only three or four hundred dollars at a gun show. Slugs are probably about fifty dollars for a good box of good slugs. The hunting license itself is eight hundred forty fifty bucks. But when you do the shotgun once and you get the box of shotgun shells and you start getting into it, there's more to hunting than just deer hunting. Uh, we've hunted squirrels, turkeys. I've trapped. I used to go trapping, and uh, 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 my brother still does it. Uh, we've done it for years, and I paid for my college education with part of my trapping years ago and back in the 80s. But uh, it all comes back to having a farm and all that. We were uh, we. You know, we have that still, but now it's more of like a hunting camp. <laughs> very, very interesting. I unfortunately am, am out of time, sir, but uh, Mr. Oh, I Schmidt, I, I thank you for letting us have Josh for uh, four hours uh, every day on this program. He has been doing a terrific job. He's awesome with whom to work, <laughs> and uh, you've, you've done a fine job with a great young well, man. Thank you. I hope he, I wish he was just close to home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. Thanks very much, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tom. Um, wow. That's, uh, that, that was a, you know, folks, I wasn't expecting this. I, I promise you mediocrity every day. Uh, that's, that's my commitment to you. A very solemn commitment. Mediocrity every day. Today, I think we pushed the needle a little bit past mediocrity. I think it had to do with Bellavia's plug of my show as he was signing off. He inspired non-mediocrity in me. Thank you, David. Uh, David Bellavia, every day, Monday through Friday, 10 until 2 is his time slot. Uh, thanks to uh, the magnificent Josh Schmidt for an error free day thanks to you for all of the calls i will tell you something not being a hunter myself i learned a lot i don't know if it was boring to hunters i don't think so because we heard from an awful lot of them um but nobody called in who was against hunting which i thought was actually interesting we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.